Thank you for tuning into A Spirit-Led Life with HMI. We hope you enjoyed today's session with Pastor Dion Hockey. Hello everybody, welcome to today's session. My name is Pastor Dion Hockey. I'm from Healing Ministries International. Listen, I'm excited. I've been teaching on the fruits of repentance. And we had such a wonderful session last week. And I just want to continue speaking on this subject of bearing fruits of repentance. Alrighty, so I'm going to get straight into the word. I want to pray for you. I want to bless you and ask God for revelation to come to you. Get your pen and paper ready. Take notes as I teach on this important subject. Okay, Father, we pray for all the viewers that are watching in the name of Jesus. I bind every demonic spirit who will come to steal, to kill, and to destroy in the name of Jesus. I rebuke Satan who would try to hold people captive now. And Father, those blinding spirits and those deaf spirits, we bind them in Jesus' name. I thank you that the eyes of the people's understanding is enlightened, that they will receive revelation and receive insight in this uh, in, in this session, Father, in the name of Jesus, bless your viewers, bless the people, Father God. I ask this in Jesus' name. And if you agree with me, say Amen. Amen. Come on, let's jump into the Word. Second Corinthians chapter seven, <clears throat> and I'm going to read again from verse one. I'm just going to uh, go on where we stopped last week. So if you've been following us, uh, you know. If you haven't been following us, go to the Faith Now app. And you can get on the special church services and you can get uh, onto Healing Ministries International and you can catch up on the subject that I'm teaching on today. In actual fact, all our services that I've been preaching since lockdown is on the Faith app now. So you can follow us on that also and, uh, and get so much information on all the different things that I've been teaching on. And if you don't know who we are, again, my name is Dion Hockey and uh, from Healing Ministries International, my job is to bring healing. God has called us into a healing ministry and revival ministry. So uh, you can follow us on our, on our website, www.dionhockey.org, and you can check out all the work that we've been doing. We've gone to, uh, we've been to over 40 countries. We've preached the gospel to hundreds of thousands of people. We've seen hundreds of thousands of people getting saved, people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've seen miraculous miracles, healing, salvations take place. And uh, we love going into churches. We love preaching the gospel to so many people. But because of the lockdown, we've been tied down. And uh, yeah, we have starting on the internet and just preaching still the same message to, to the world out there. And if you'd like to invite us and want us to come to have revival services in your church, I'm not talking about one service. Listen, when we go into a church, we preach from a Sunday right through until a Friday. Every day, every night, we just preach. We preach. And if revival breaks out, we go on another week, two or three weeks, all depending on how people are hungry and how they are, are, are desperate for God to see a move of God. All right. I want to see revival come. I know you want to see revival come. And that's why I'm excited to teach on this subject called the fruits of repentance, because I believe every Christian that gets born again uh, will have fruits in their lives. And you need to understand that Satan is not sleeping. Friend, listen, Satan is not sleeping. He's out to get you. He's out to steal 
steal, to kill, and to destroy, according to John 10, verse 10. And Jesus came and said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So Jesus loves you. He wants to give you life. And when he gives you the life, the devil is angry. He wants to take away your salvation. He wants to rob you from God. Amen. So we are to bear fruit worthy of repentance. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Paul is writing and he says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us... Oh, I like that, let us, because Paul is including himself. Did you know that? Paul said, let us, let me and you, let us cleanse ourselves from what? Two things. Number one, of all filthiness of the flesh. In other words, get rid of fleshly sins in your life. I dealt with that last week. And number two, and of the spirit. Get rid of all spiritual sins in your life. You say, well, I don't understand. What is fleshly sins and spiritual sins? Well, if you are in fornication, adultery, uh, if you are an alcoholic, if you have problems with addictions, you know, stuff like that, get rid of it. Cleanse yourself from that. And, and, and that's on the fleshly side. But on the spiritual side, if you have bitterness, anger, hatred, unforgiveness, you know, jealousy, pride, repent of that because these are the things that are holding us back from God. But now watch what he says i want you to notice the scripture he says therefore having these promises chapter six we dealt with that last week beloved let us and listen to who he's speaking to he's speaking to the beloved he's speaking to the church are you with me he's speaking to you and i the church he says when we have these promises beloved let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit now watch this perfecting holiness in the fear of god in other words, it's an ongoing process. And I told you last week, it is like the gardener who has to continually pull the weeds out to keep his garden beautiful. Every now and then there's a weed that's going to come up or there's, there's leaves that fall in or there's rubbish that comes in the garden. And what do we do to keep the garden nice? We have to cut the grass. We have to pull the weeds out. You understand? We have to keep it beautiful. So he is perfecting. We have to perfect holiness in the fear of God it's an ongoing process now let's read on verse 2 Paul says something amazing he says open your hearts to us we have wronged no one and we have corrupted no one and we have cheated no one I like what he says and then he says verse 3 I do not say this to condemn now, there's a lot of people who say, well, you're a preacher who brings condemnation. You're a preacher who, you know, who is bound by the law and you're trying to put the law on us. And no, 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 that's not what I'm doing. And Paul says the same. I do not say these things to condemn, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. In other words, Paul is saying, you're in my heart. I love you. I'll die for you. I'm, I'm, I'm living this life for you to help you, to get you closer to God. It's not a matter of judging. It's not a matter of condemnation. It's a matter of teaching you, training you, equipping you so that your end result will be to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He says this for great is my boldness of speech towards you. He says, and great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. 
I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. Listen, he went through tribulation for the things that he was preaching. And if you get those pastors who are not scared to speak the truth, there will be tribulation. There's going to be accusations. There's going to be, you know, persecutions that will come to the preachers that are preaching the truth. But I'm not afraid, and Paul was not afraid. He says this, verse 5. Watch what Paul says. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, and inside were fears. He was a normal human being, just like you and I are. And the preachers who are preaching the truth and who's preaching the unadulterated word of God and is not preaching a watered-down gospel. Listen, let me tell you, it's not easy to preach a message like I'm preaching to you today. You know, and what I'll be preaching on next week when I teach on the seven fruits of repentance. It's sometimes a hard message. And there's conflicts that come from everywhere. You know, people judge you, criticize you, mock you, they get mad at you. And then on the inside, there's fears. Who likes to go through persecution? Nobody wants to go through persecution. Nobody likes it when people speak bad of you. But yet we go on because this is what he says. Nevertheless, God, verse 6, Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the consolation with which he was comforted in you when he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your zeal for me, that I rejoiced even more. Isn't this good news that even Paul says, when I was in affliction and I was full of fears and I felt like I was alone, here comes a guy by the name of Titus and he begins to tell us, you know, how the church is missing Paul and, he, you know, they loving Paul. And, and Paul was so encouraged and comforted by these good words. And I am so encouraged and comforted that there are people who watch us, people who follow the ministry, and they say, oh, we love what you're preaching, Pastor Dion. You're doing a great job. Don't stop preaching. And that brings a lot of comfort and uh, a lot of relief to many ministers, not just me, but to many ministers who are truly preaching the the truth because let me tell you it's not easy it's not nice sometimes to preach you know as a father sometimes has to has to give his child a spanking you know what it means a spanking he's got to give them a hiding when they naughty because he knows that naughtiness is going to get them into more trouble so when we give them a hiding it is to bring correction it's to bring teaching it's to build character it's to make them grow up and do the right thing when they are older isn't that what we do as parents? Well, this is what Paul is doing. He speaks a word of correction and he knows that there's going to be conflicts and there's going to be tribulation, but he doesn't matter uh, or care. He's just going to go on preaching this word. Now watch verse 8. I'll explain to you exactly what I'm saying. Verse 8 says, and again, I remind you, Paul is preaching and I'm reading from the New King James. He says, For even if I made you sorry with my letter, now, can you imagine, what does he mean by saying, even if I made you sorry? It means that when you, when you were reading my letter, Paul says, you began to feel guilty. You began to feel uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, you, you, you didn't like the hard word that I was writing to you. And this is sometimes what happens when your pastor preaches Sunday from the pulpit and he says a couple of things and you're sitting there and you go, Ooh, ow, I don't like what he's saying. It's because the Holy Spirit is there touching you. The Holy Spirit is there pulling on your heart and he's convicting you and he's saying, Come on, change your ways. Change your ways. 
let repentance take place in your heart because I want to take you to the next level of glory. This is what God is saying. So Paul says, even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it. And then he says, though I did regret it. <laughs> Does that make sense? It sounds like he's contradicting himself. He says, I, 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 I'm not regretting that I'm preaching this hard word. You know, I, I, I need you to hear what I'm saying. He says, but, you know, I don't regret the truth that I'm preaching, but I do regret the fact that I have to preach it because if I don't do it, who will do it? Who will preach the truth to you? And here I am today as, as uh, Dion Hocken, and I'm preaching a truth to you. And some people say, well, you're judging me, and you're criticizing, and you're finding fault with everything. And no, it is a father speaking to children, loving them, and bringing them on the straight and narrow path again, and say, come on, let's walk this walk with God so that we can get the end result, heaven, and the blessings of God. And I'm going to teach on all of that today, all right, uh, or in this next few days that are coming. He says, For even though I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I perceive, now listen, this is very important, I perceive that the same epistle or the same letter made you sorry, though only for a while. Uh-oh. Have you seen that? Have you seen people go forward because they were sitting in a church where the pastor was preaching a message of repentance and the sinner is sitting there, they get convicted. You know, they feel, oh, I need to make right with God. I don't want to go to hell. They go to the altar. They pray a sinner's prayer. They give their hearts to Jesus. And you get excited, you as a congregation member, you say, yes, praise God, somebody's getting saved. And then you think, well, these people are getting saved, they're going to come back to church and, you know, they're going to serve God and they're going to be busy with the things of God just like you are. But you notice that they don't come back next week or they come maybe for two or three weeks and then after that, they disappear and they don't even come back to church. Have you ever wondered why is that, that so many people confess Jesus, give their hearts to Jesus, but then they never come back to church? Well, this is exactly the reason why it's happening. He says, For I perceive that the same epistle, the same letter made you sorry. You had regret, you had repentance, but it only lasted for a while. Why do you suppose that is? I'll teach you that now. Let's read verse 9. For I rejoice. Listen to what Paul says. Not that you were made sorry. In other words, I rejoice not that you felt miserable and guilty of the words I've spoken. But he says that your sorrow led to repentance. Your sorrow. In other words, you heard the message. It went, ow, I didn't like what you're saying. But then you came to the decision and you said, you know what? What that man preached is true, and I need to repent of my sin. I need to make right with God. I need to serve God with all my heart. That is the good news, that your sorrow led to repentance. And then Paul writes, he says this, For you were made sorry in a godly manner. Hallelujah. You made, were made sorry. In other words, what does it mean in a godly manner? It means that while the preacher was preaching, the Holy Spirit was working with him. And the Holy Spirit was dealing deep, deep down in the heart of, of man. He was dealing with you. And the Holy Spirit was bringing that conviction. And he was revealing the, the bad side that is in you, the sin in your life. 
okay, for you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. That you can't say, well, it was his fault. No, you made a, re a, 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 a repenting decision. You repented and you decided to follow God and to repent and make right with God. Amen. Verse 10 says, now this is very important. Bear with me. Verse 10 says, for godly sorrow, godly sorrow. All right. What sorrow? Godly sorrow does what? It produces repentance leading to salvation not to be regretted <laughs> that some people say yeah i don't get this word this sounds so hard but i want to tell you this is a powerful powerful scripture godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation not to be regretted and then he says but the sorrow of the world produces death in other words my life, Dion Hockey, when I was in the world, I drank two bottles of brandy a day. Listen, man, I was an alcoholic. I drank, I partied, I smoked, I gambled, I fought, I did all of this worldly thing. But when I came to Jesus Christ, and when I heard the message of salvation for the first time, and I heard that I had to repent of this fleshly sin and the spiritual sin, because I had anger and I had bitterness and I had hatred inside of me. It was bottled up inside of me. You know what? When I sat and I heard the pastor preaching and he made an altar call and he said, Listen, if you are not right with God, if you die today, will you go to heaven or to hell? That was what he said. And I sat there and I said, oh, Dion Hockey, you're going to go straight to hell. You know you're going to go to hell. Why? Because I was guilty. I was guilty of the fleshly sins. I was guilty of the spiritual sins. I just knew it. Now, when the pastor said, bow your head, close your eyes. You know, I was in church and I bowed my head and I closed my eyes. And he said this. He said, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, put your hand in the air. At that point of time, listen, a lot of you will know what I'm talking about. At that point of time, time with my head bowed, and the pastor said, if you want to repent, give you, raise your hand, give your hand, lift your hand for Jesus. On this side of me was a good voice, and on this side of me was a bad voice. The bad voice says, don't listen to that man. You don't have to put your hand in the air. Your life is good. You're not a sinner. He's just trying to tell you lies. But then the other voice on this side, the Holy Spirit said to me, you know you have to raise your hand. You know that you're going to go to hell if you don't give your heart to Jesus. Repent now and make right with God. Do you know what I'm talking about? And then the devil on this side would say to me, no, don't do that. You're going to become like these people. Look at them. They're all holy. They're all righteous. They look like they're so special. You don't want to be like that. Come on, your life is okay. But then again on this side, the voice would come and say, come on, make right. Make right with God. And I'm in the middle and I'm hearing these two voices and I had to make a decision. Am I going to give my life to Jesus because I knew listen I knew that if I gave my heart to Jesus I'm going to get rid of the world the worldly stuff in my life I knew there was a price to pay I knew it and the devil knew it and he did not want me to let go of the worldly things because he knew he had his hands on me and that's why a lot of people go to church and they pray a little prayer, but they did not come to the full decision 
of repentance. They just said, well, I'm just going to pray a prayer to ease my conscience. But they never repented. They never made right with God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because the Bible says that you were made sorry and your sorrow led to repentance not to be regretted. So I've seen people who give their hearts to Jesus. And I've seen people who feel at the end, you know, two, three weeks later, they say, oh man, I wish I never gave my life to Jesus. You know, because now the Bible says I have to stop this and I have to do that and I have to give this. And, and all of a sudden you are understanding what a great responsibility there is to becoming a Christian and a lot of people don't like that responsibility. Now they regret the fact that they gave their hearts to Jesus. And what do they do? They just don't go to church. They don't pray. They don't worship. They don't read their Bible. They don't attend church. They don't go to prayer meetings. They don't go to home cells. They just quietly disappear. And if you find those people, if you look for them, you, where will you find them? They've gone back to the Shabin, or they've gone back to the bar, or they've gone back to, you know, with the prostitutes, or they've gone back to whatever, because the responsibility of being a Christian was just too much. Just too much. And this is what I'm trying to teach you today, friend, that when you become a born-again Christian, there are responsibilities attached to your salvation. There are fruits that we are to bear as a Christian. Fruits that we are to bear. Matthew chapter 26 verse 31 speaks about Jesus and the disciples just before he was captured. And I want to read this real quickly. I'm going to go through it quickly because of our time. My time is just running out. It says in verse 31, Then Jesus said to all of them, his disciples, he said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock uh, will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go before you into Galilee. Now listen to what Peter says. Peter is now walking with Jesus and he says to him, Peter said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Can you imagine that? Peter says, Lord, I don't care what happens. I'm not going to backslide. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be with you forever. Jesus says to him, Assuredly, I say to you, this night before the rooster crows, Peter, you will deny me three times. Can you imagine that? You will deny me three times. Peter said to him, watch verse 35, big words, big words. He said, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Wow, the last famous words of all of us, isn't it? That we will die with Jesus. And you know what many people do? They always blame old Peter. You know, saying that Peter said, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. But look at the sentence after that says, and so said all the disciples. So Peter comes and he says, I'll die for you, Jesus. I'm never going to deny you. Uh, again, because of our time, let me just remind you, you can read this. It says that three times Peter went and denied them. First time was when he was sitting outside. A, a girl came and said, but you were with Jesus of Nazareth. And he denied Jesus. He said, no, I wasn't there. I don't know him. The second time he denied Jesus, he denied it with an oath. He said, I'm telling you the truth. I don't know Jesus. And then the third time, 
You know, the Bible says he denied Jesus with an oath and he cursed. In other words, he said, I'm telling you, beep, 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 I don't know this man, Jesus. Do you see what's happening? When he said that, sorry, the crow, the rooster crowed three times. And the Bible says that when he heard the rooster crow, he wept bitterly. True repentance hit Peter right there when he heard that and he cried because he knew he was guilty. He was guilty. He was guilty of denying Jesus. Verse 75, uh, verse 75 of Matthew 26 says, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said him before the rooster crows, You will deny me three times. Watch this one little sentence. He said, So he went out and he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. True repentance took place in the heart of Peter. And I want to tell you, this is how the devil operates. Sin is progressive. You sin once, you feel guilty. You sin twice, the guilt is not so strong anymore. You sin three times, now you even uh, swear and you don't feel that, that um, uh, conviction of the Holy Spirit anymore. And friend, I want to encourage you today. Don't allow sin to enter into your heart because once you've sinned, you're going to do it again and you're going to do it again. And it's like, it's like the devil who's just throwing, you know, when you go fishing and you throw fish and you, you put on a lure and you're trying to catch the fish and the fish doesn't go. But when the fish takes the bait, boom. He catches you and then you pull it in. You know, that's how we catch fish. And so Satan comes and he'll throw temptation out there and he'll play with you. He'll throw temptation out. He'll play with you. But then one of those temptations, the sin is going to get you. And when it gets you, the devil's got you and he's going to start reeling you in. You know what I'm saying. He pulls you to him. And the more the devil pulls you to him, the further away you get from Jesus. Let us not be like Peter. Let us not deny Jesus in our daily walk and our daily lives with God. Let us, let us be bold. Let us stand in public and let us proclaim who we are. Let us proclaim our faith. Let us proclaim our belief. And even if there is opposition and people who come against us and who get mad at us and call us names and say, you're a Jesus freak and you too holy and you too religious and you too this and you too that. I don't care what people say. We serve God with everything inside of us. If you, wanna, if you uh, agree with what I'm saying uh, and you know what I'm saying is the truth, but you know that you have backslidden, just make right with God. Ask Him to forgive you. Just say, Lord, I'm so sorry for the things that I have done. I ask your forgiveness in my life in the name of Jesus. You know what He'll do? He will forgive you. Listen, I'm going to continue on the subject next week, okay? And next week I'm going to talk to you about the seven fruits. I don't know how long I'll get to be with that, but we're going to talk about the seven fruits. Every Christian must bear seven fruits of repentance. Okay, so we love you. Don't miss it. I pray that you'll have a great week this week and may Jesus just forever hold you in his hands and bless you continuously. Remember to follow us on Facebook every night, 7 p.m. God bless you and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost, by visiting our website, www.dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you 
from Pastor Dion Hockey. Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information on the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.